0: Hello, thank you for joining us for another episode of This Week in AML. I'm John Byrne, chair of the AMLRS Advisory Board.
1: And I'm Elliot Berman, our creative director. We are excited to welcome you to the This Week in AML podcast, where we explore key news and developments in the global
0: financial crime prevention community.
1: Hello, John. How are you today? Good morning, Elliot. How are things? Uh, good. It was uh, So you're here in Milwaukee this week, and we had dinner dinner. Uh, uh earlier in the week uh, it was nice to see you in person um
0: yeah same here it was great great catching yeah. up it was it's good and it's not as cold the past couple of days so i really appreciate it when you guys <laughs> ch- churn it up to 35 degrees <laughs> that's true you can go outside running
1: and not uh, have to put six layers on so uh that's
0: exactly right
1: yeah so this week while you've been here in milwaukee and we've been working away uh a number of things have come out of uh both uh, one of the Congress, uh, Senate committees, and uh, DHS, and uh, remarks that have to do with terrorism and particularly uh, how national security and homeland security come together, and domestic terrorism, and how we can get better. Uh, one was that uh, DHS Secretary uh, Mayorkas. Uh, gave a speech at the Center for Strategic and International Studies. And the other was that the Senate Homeland Security and Government Affairs Committee uh, issued a long report. It was actually the majority staff. Um, I wonder if you saw those uh, items.
0: Right, you know, and as we mentioned last week, uh, briefly we said Homeland Security had issued a a new bulletin that focuses on um, extremism in terms of risk. so yeah I did I did see that and I thought it was interesting. I know you looked at what the what the secretary said because Homeland security is obviously this one of the center points of this besides obviously FBI and the other law enforcement agencies but uh, he he did mention a bunch of things in his presentation and I think one did focus on the issue we continue to grapple with and that's domestic terrorism.
1: Yes. Um, He talked a lot about um, the challenges of the evolution of DHS, which was put in, was formed in the wake of the 9 11 attacks, uh, bringing, as you know, many agencies together uh, that had been um, in other parts of government and expanding certain roles. Uh, He talked a lot about, and I think that. That, it w- that it's a good thing to talk about the importance of uh, partnerships, uh, both uh, international partnerships with our allies, uh, as well as partnerships within government and partnerships between government and the private sector, uh, something you and I have talked about a lot on this podcast and in other venues. Um, and then he talked about the, you know some of the challenges of, of cyber attacks and the fact that they're borderless, which uh, you and I have also talked about um, and um, uh, how to uh, manage uh, all of these things on a day-to-day basis.
0: Right. Yeah. And um, going back to the Senate uh, committee report, it's over the course of several years that they put this together. There's some, uh, some criticism in there, but there's findings of fact, there's recommendations, it's close to 130 pages. So there's a lot of good information in there for our community, but a couple of the things that they highlighted in terms of domestic terrorism, no surprise, because we've seen this in other, um, uh, other data releases before this, and that's that domestic terrorism surpasses international terrorism as the most significant threat, certainly since 2015. Um, white supremacist extremists pose the primary threat. The Homeland Security uh, said that um, data that shows that white supremacists are responsible for 51 out of 169 domestic terrorist attacks from t- uh, for the past decade, and uh, also that they do focus quite a bit on the inspiration that these terrorists get from social media. So there's a lot in there which isn't directly relevant. It's all relevant to us, but I mean it's not directly relevant to financial institutions specifically, but I think that's interesting. And series of statements regarding how the agencies respond. And so there is some some criticism. Um, they do acknowledge the DHS, in tw- back in 2019, said that white supremacist violence is a major threat, and that was the first time that was identified. Uh, they do talk about, you know, since 9-11, uh, many laws were changed obviously to deal with, with certain issues. Um, so they, they mentioned that, but they also say that DHS and FBI have not, in their words, fully complied with requirements of federal law to collect and report data on domestic terrorist attacks. Now, again, you and I have no idea whether what's the scope of that, but obviously the, the committee believes that's problematic. Uh, And so you'll see in the recommendations more push toward analyzing and collecting data. Uh, They also talk about, um, again, that agencies can and do monitor social media for threats of domestic terrorism. But obviously you have to be careful because of the First Amendment, Privacy Act, and those sorts of things. So a a lot of that um, right now, I don't think we should focus so much on the social media. People can take a look at that. But I do think uh, that warrants your attention as well and I'll just say that some of the recommendations we've heard before but I think it gets a little greater weight when a a committee issues them and that's they want a top-down review of how do you handle uh, counterterrorism at the federal level and I think that's probably a good thing because 9-11 told us to do one sort of focus or maybe a couple but what's happened in the past you know five to ten years is another so I thought that was interesting. And the last thing I'll mention and turn it back to you is uh, in terms of DHS, they say they they should get a counterterrorism coordinator there. Um, It'll be interesting to see the response, because I I don't think we saw a response to this report from the agencies, because typically, like when the GAO issues a report, the back of it has, here's what the agency said in response. I didn't see that. So it may exist. And maybe in future conversations, we could find that out. But you know, having a having a coordinator, it's not just a title. I think it shows a resource focus, and it sounds like what the secretary said the other day that that should be, as they say, a no brainer.
1: Yes, there there clearly was one of one of the consistent themes in the
0: uh, committee
1: report, staff committee committee staff report, was the fact that you know post nine eleven. Uh, anti-terrorism resources were heavily focused internationally, which, given what um, what had just happened, made sense. But with the shift, as you pointed out, over the last five to ten years, or at least the recognition of the shift over the last five to ten years, that um, there is a significant risk, and now um, uh, by some agencies' uh, analysis, the biggest risk is domestic terrorism, that Efforts, resources, uh, focus need to be aligned um, to take that into account. And and it struck me in reading those parts of the report that that's essentially the risk assessment process that <clears throat> our our audience members go through all the time. You take right. a look at what are the risks. You you know you you try to give them. Uh, relative weights, you figure out how you're mitigating them, whether it's through processes or systems or deciding not to go in that space. And then with what's left, you figure out how to allocate the resources you have to the biggest risks. And I think one of the statements in the report is that we haven't made that shift uh, in allocating resources to what is now being recognized as the biggest uh, risk That doesn't mean that we stop looking internationally. I don't think the report in any way says that. Um, but um, it's a more complicated world. Um, we know that every day. And we have to take into account those additional complications. And in this case, it's ideally getting more resources, but it's also taking what you have and figuring out how to allocate it to make sure that you're not under allocating to the biggest risk.
0: Right and you know, going back to the data, there's a, a lot in the recommendations regarding doing better <clears throat> better categories of, of data, making sure that they are quote relevant unquote, which I'm sure means updating the the different definitions and then if you go back to the secretary's speech, uh, it's not a direct response to the report, obviously, but they do he does mention quite a bit um, that DHS is playing a critical role in terms of counterterrorism, but also working with new technologies, making sure they have the tools they need, but also, as you say, work with the, collaborate with the private sector. Uh, So, you know, the the more ways you can identify solutions, you can deal with a lot of what the committee suggests uh, slightly are critiques that perhaps the government can do better. So I I think there is some, uh, some some connection between between the two uh, report the report and the speech, but again, I'm looking forward, and we, we could actually talk to some of our uh, colleagues and friends in law enforcement and see if there's been an official response. In fact, we have a uh, an event this week in D.C. for the local ACAMS chapter where I'll be interviewing uh, Daniel Lindholm from uh, House Financial Services, and um, I'll ask her specifically about this in terms of oversight from from congress and so station we'll let you know what we find out um that sounds good so
1: what's uh what's in the pipeline um uh, besides our weekly chat
0: so next week the 15th um one o'clock eastern time we're going to be doing uh, an interview a conversation with two investigative journalists on the broad category of corruption but specifically on some of the uh, both the cases they've worked on some of the investigations so I'm, I'm really excited about that we also have just recently posted an interview i was able to do with deborah laprovat former uh, fbi investigator who um, has done a lot of work in uh dealing with kleptocracy so that's also available and then um you know, we're, as you know, because you're, you're spearheading it, we're working on our programs for 2023 and um, more to come on that as we identify, we have the topics, identify the panelists and, and look for that on our website. And John and I will post a
1: uh, uh, a new edition of This Week in AML next week. And then as we come into the holidays, um, we'll do a couple of archived uh, sessions and then uh, we'll be uh, back live uh, in January so one more live one and then um, and then a couple of um, uh, a couple of uh, archives and then uh, fresh material in 2023 so John uh, travel safely back to uh, Washington and uh, I will talk to you next week take care Elliot see ya bye bye